1: 1701 Central African Time, good afternoon and welcome to Africa Digest. This is Channel Africa from an African Perspective, broadcasting to you from our studios in Johannesburg, South Africa. You can find us on www.channelafrica.co.za. My name is Samura Magesi and I'm in studio with Onelin Sincere as well as Nosy Top stories on Africa Digest at this hour. The DRC's Union for Democracy and Social Progress says it won't nominate any of its MPs for the position of National Assembly Deputy Speaker. And tensions between Zimbabwe and the USA grow following the killing of a black man, George Floyd, by a white cop recently and supporters of former Ivorian President Laurent Gagbo uh, and his politically, political ally Charles Blair Gouda eagerly await the return of the duo as the country readies for presidential elections. Right now though, it is 1702 Central African time. Let's uh, cross on over to the news desk where Onel Nsie is standing by to let us know what is happening in your latest news bulletin. SABC
2: News independent, and impartial. From an African perspective.
3: perspective. Thank you, Samora. Botswana President Mokgweetsi Masisi is due to be released from home quarantine after testing negative for COVID-19. Masisi went into quarantine following his one-day trip to Harare on the 19th of May to attend the SADC Extraordinary Summit on Politics, Defence and Security. This becomes the time the president has been tested for COVID-19. Botswana eased lockdown measures last month while government also zoned the country as part of virus spread containment measures. Despite increasing numbers of new COVID-19 cases and amidst dwindling public trust in the system, the latest figures in Sierra Leone show a high recovery rate compared to the number of infections. Figures released by the National COVID-19 Emergency Operations Centre on Sunday show that 52% of those who were put under treatment recovered. A number represents 454 people out of a total of 861 who tested positive for the COVID-19. Of the country's 16 districts have all recovered, uh, COVID, have all recorded rather COVID 19 cases despite an inter district lockdown. South Africa's National Association of School Governing Bodies has welcomed the halt in the reopening of schools, saying more time is needed to re- prepare for the return of learners amid level 3 lockdown conditions. Basic Education Minister Ndimosega rescheduled Sunday's briefing on whether schools could reopen on Monday amid ongoing consultations. The Western Cape province has gone ahead with reopening for grades 7 and 12. The rest of the country will reopen next week. There were concerns that schools may not be fully prepared to operate, Association General Secretary makatanye Makatanie says teachers did need to be briefed this week.
4: We agreed that the system really is not ready today to receive children. So we agree with the minister that really this week must be used for mopping up the question of the teachers to go back, to be trained, to be introduced to the new way of talking to our children, the orientation how are going to handle the curriculum and all those things. They must have the timetables so that when children come to, to, to school, then they must find an organization in the school.
3: South Africa's basic education minister, Njumut Seha, says schools must keep a COVID-19 file to record their work plan and incidents affecting the institution amid the pandemic. She says learners who show symptoms must not come to school.
5: In keeping with the focus on health and safety the directives clearly state that all offices and schools must develop a work plan. I must say in the schools that I visited in the country I did find COVID-19 files and we urge all schools to comply in this regard. Parents and guardians must not send their learners to a school if learners show any of the coronavirus symptoms. The screening of symptoms must be conducted at offices or schools according to the Department of Health guidelines.
3: Lastly, several thousand people have been arrested across the United States after days of protests over the death of George Floyd. In cities across the country, protesters hurled rocks, looted shops and burnt dumpers, torched police vehicles. In the nation's capital of Washington, tensions escalated outside the White House, shown Bryce Peace Reports.
6: Police clashing with protesters is a
1: feature across cities. Projectiles tossed at officers, who respond by rushing towards protesters to make arrests, creating scenes of scattered chaos. But also a somber scene Sunday near the place where Floyd died in Minneapolis, a shrine of flowers and cards, even a mural to honor his memory. Authorities believe right- and left-wing elements have infiltrated crowds to cause violent disruptions in the hopes of breeding anarchy.
3: China African News, I'm Onelene
2: S.A.B.C. News. Independent
1: and impartial. From an African African perspective.
7: perspective.
1: In the Democratic Republic of Congo, President Felix Chisikedi's political party, the Union for Democracy and Social Progress, the UDPS, has said it won't nominate any of its MPs as candidate for the position of National Assembly Deputy Speaker. The statement comes after UDPS Jean-Marc Kabund was dismissed from the position. The party warned it would sanction any of its MPs MPs who would want to try to challenge the decision. But the Union for the Congolese Nation, UNC, which is a UDPS allied, has found this as an opportunity to go for
5: the position. Jean-Noel reports from Kinshasa. Jean-Marc Kabunt was dismissed last week from his position of Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly after a petition that was followed by MP's vote. This happened after Kabunt stated that this country's National Assembly spends at least 7 million US dollars to hold the Congress. MPs request the more explanations from him but in vain, and that's why most of them signed the petition and initiative of the MLC Jean-Jacques Mamba. The UDPS, which is President Felix party, is supposed to nominate another MP to compete for the position, but this won't be done as the party is unhappy and has rejected the nomination. Ted Besilai is the leader of UDP's Youth League.
8: The party is decided so as a way to disapprove the improper gate laid to the dismissal to the office of the National Assembly to the first Deputy Speaker, who is also the president and term of our party, UDPs. And those things, someone has to replace him. It will be a way of approving the gate out of. FCC and also we are not yet sure that the person who will replace Mr. Kabun have whom to defend the interest of the party. These are main reasons beyond this decision. If you can listen to what FCC is saying as regard to this, you will have a confirmation of position belonging to the specific political party. It means UDPS.
5: The Union for Democracy and Social Progress has warned all of its members and especially MPs to not try and compete for the deputy speaker of the National Assembly position. According to a communique from the secretary-general's office, anybody who will try to challenge the decision will be hit by sanctions. Once more, the leader of UDPS Youth League explains. Ted beshe
8: The party has already decided not to appoint someone to this position all of us we have to abide to this decision. We can clearly see that we are facing an hostile situation whereby our partner from FCC are not at all sincere. We have accepted to take the hit so that we can better boot up. Same year applies to boxing where one can accept to take the hit just a matter for him to hit back at the right place. We need to accept to take the it for your adversary so that comes your turn, you can eat back to the right place. This is also the strategy and our response will come to the right time.
5: President Felix Tshisekedi is from the Capul Le Changement, well known as Cash Coalition, which is made of his party, the UDPS, and his jailed the chief of staff, Vital Camero's party, the Union for the Congolese notion UNC. The UDPS looks at the position of National Assembly Deputy Speaker as its own and believes only a member it has nominated can take this position. In opinion, the UNC has rejected and emphasized that the position belongs to the CAS coalition. As the UDPS has refused to nominate somebody, Cameroon's UNC is not informed and might compete for the position. That's indeed what MP Alfred Maisha from UNC told Channel Africa. It's not correct to describe the position of deputy speaker as belonging to UDPS. It's a position of the cash platform. And this platform is made of UDPs on one side and UNC on the other. And indeed, the coalition currently on power here in the Democratic Republic of Congo is made of President Felix Echisekedi's cash and former President Joseph Kabila's common front for the Congo, well known as FCC. FCC is made of several political parties, while cash is made of UDPS and UNC. Jan Noel for Channel Africa in Kinshasa.
1: Tensions between Zimbabwe and the USA have grown following the killing of a black man, George Floyd, by a white cop recently. Amid a global outcry, the USA has singled out four countries, including Zimbabwe, as working against the Americans. This has resulted in the Zimbabwean government responding by summoning the U.S. ambassador for debriefing on Monday morning. However, analysts are blaming both the U.S.A. and Zimbabwe for overreacting. More from our correspondent based in Harare, Zimbabwe, Simon Muchemwa.
9: What started is a matter of bad policing by a white cop, resulting in the killing of a black man, George Floyd, in America, has cascaded to Zimbabwe. The death of Floyd sparked some protests by some Americans who are complaining of selective application of the law against blacks leading to the death of 6,000 black people from 2016. However, when George Charamba, Zimbabwe's president's spokesperson, tweeted on the matter over the weekend, President Trump's office responded by accusing China, Iran, Russia, and Zimbabwe as adversaries. Trump top advisor, Robert O'Brien, took the opportunity to blast Zimbabwe and China as countries that do not respect their own rule of law. To add more salt to the fresh wound, the Zimbabwean administration summoned Brian Nicholas, the U.S. ambassador to Zimbabwe, for a debriefing on Monday morning. It sounds like a joke, but it is not. Usually, it's Zimbabwe claiming America's interference in its internal affairs, but today... Now it is America's turn, political analyst Alexander Rosero said. That, that,
2: that, that's, that's where actually the misplacement of diplomacy is. You, you, you do not leverage yourself uh, as an epitome of democracy. Uh, maybe it would have made sense if maybe U.S. is, is saying that to Britain, for example. Uh, not the, the moment you have United States of America justifying its acts because in North Korea they are West acts, no, that it's the US which is falling in terms uh, on on its grass. It's like saying, uh, it's like Zimbabweans are saying, "Look, we only killed twenty thousand people uh, during Bukura and it's like killed 6 million. Uh, that There is no such kind of diplomacy. What kind of logic is that? The 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 issue at play is that the US is increasingly being irritated. It is increasingly being agitated because of the global rage.
9: The rift between Zimbabwe and the USA has been steadily growing since the early 2000 following the bloody land grab. America was also in the lead after some bloody elections in 2000, 2002, and prompting the imposition of travel restrictions on the then president Robert Mugabe and his cronies. Sanctions are still there but not entirely lifted as more human rights abuses such as abductions are still taking place. America's response on Zimbabwe is giving fresh life to the dying ZANU-PF analyst Rosero Said.
2: You cannot equate Zimbabwe with China, you cannot equate Zimbabwe with Russia, but against the current realities where Zimbabwe has been placed in the same basket, uh, it actually increases its posture at regional and 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 continental level at a time Zimbabwe has its own deep problems at a time PF is at its weakest point it emboldens Zan. and the actions of uh, the calling of uh, the ambassador by the minister I think diplomatically they are, they they are correct. They are well-placed. You cannot continue being a, a, a global uh, a punch bag without a reciprocation because the sentiments that are made in Washington, they resonate with what the ambassador, what the local uh, uh, diplomatic post in Zimbabwe of the U.S. would have reported back uh, to, 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 their mother, to their mother country.
9: However, another analyst, Dr. Ibo Mandaza, said... Zimbabwe was overreacting by summoning U.S. Ambassador Brian Nicholas over the matter. Dr. Mandaza differed with Ricero on the matter and said Zimbabwe can never be equated with China, and that was mentioned in passing.
2: Yeah, I think they're over, the overreacting, to be fair. They're trying to capitalize on uh... Uh, on, a, on, a, on a diplomatic gaffe, if one may say, you know, you should, uh, that American should have just referred to Zimbabwe not as an adversary, but as a country in which there is no rule of law. Hmm? That would be enough. But by by grouping them together, Zimbabwe now thinks it's a big it's a big factor, as big as China. Re-engagement has been talked about by us in the National Convergence Platform. There's no re-engagement at all because uh, both the Americans and the British and the EU have simply said that unless there's a political and economic reforms, there's no reengagement.
9: Meanwhile, analysts feel the Floyd death has for the first time since January managed to subdue the COVID nineteen story globally. Their fears America may face a more severe resurgence of the COVID-19 cases after the Floyd protests. In Harare, Zimbabwe, for Channel Africa, this is Simon Mchemwa. Supporters
1: of former Ivorian President Laurent Gagbo and his political ally Charles Blair Gouda are eagerly awaiting the return of the duo as the country readies for keenly awaited presidential elections. Gagbo traveled, uh, tra- Gagbo's travel restrictions from Belgium were lifted last week by the International Criminal Court, igniting talks of his return to the country. Supporters at a press conference said all was well set to receive the pre- former president. The supporters further called for President Alessane Ouattara uh, to lead a national reconciliation in the interest of peace in the West African nation. More from Kone Katinan. Former Budget Minister and Spokesperson for Ivorian President Laurent Gagbo.
4: He's in zero while. Mentally, physically, he's in zero He He's zero while.
0: And uh, mm. in which country he is right now?
4: He's in Belgium. He's living in Belgium uh, after he acquitted in 2019. Uh, and uh, the fact that the, uh, the, the, the acting court has put some conditions on his freedom, they obliged him to stay. In, uh, in, in Belgium, so he's in Belgium.
0: Okay, now that the restrictions have been lifted, what is the way forward for Laurent Bagbo? Is he planning to go back to politics to be maybe the next candidate uh, for his party during the elections? Uh,
4: the first step for Laurent Bagbo is to go back home, get to see his family. the member of family Han- haven't seen Han- there for a long time. He wants to see his fine, He wants to meet with his, uh, for human reasons. It is important for him to go back to his country. It is the first and uh, I think the first and the highest priority for Laurent Babu. And secondly, we have a political one. Of course, nobody can imagine Laurent Babu. I mean, let me come up for the first one. Let me say that why it is important. If you remember that his mother passed on some five years ago, he was not able to attend the funeral. His best friend, we used to call them three in Angare Abu Draman. passed on just one year and a half ago, one and a half year ago, and he was not able to attend the funeral. And we have a lot of things. When you see the situation, angle, of humanity uh, humanitarian angle, it is important for Rwanda for, for Boat to go back. And this is the first step of security. The second one, it is a political, of course, he is a political leader, and many people are expecting for his arrival, sorry, for his arrival, and sure, are sure that he can change a lot of things in the country in terms of peace, in terms of continuation. You know, our country will have been struggling to achieve a continuation for a long time, and uh, we will be able to achieve it, and we present to be one of the key person, the key actors who can bring a continuation in Africa, and so, of course. He will go and uh, he, he will do you know, a political matter because this point is not a part of the restriction uh, what he imposed on his freedom. So he can attend, he can do everything, he can do political things, he doesn't any restriction about this matter, political matter.
0: What are the plans of Laurent Bagbo now?
4: He will go in as I told tell you, this is the first the first step of his, uh, his plan. He wants to go quickly in Abikos, in the country. I get to plan that to for yet only for human human reasons, he must go back into the country, and of course, he wants to to bring back uh, back his arrival. He wants to make his arrival the departure of a new procedure of reconfiguration. So he has a lot of plans, and of course, a political plan because, as I told you previously, he doesn't have any restriction on his political rights. He can do everything he wanted to do. He has no restriction on that. So uh, but the first thing for Rumble. It is human as a human being and a humankind, he needs to go back in his country and to feed himself in family. He sees himself in his friends, he sees himself in all his allies and to be able to pay tribute to his mother, who passed on some time some some years ago he didn't attend the funeral and some of his allies like some other he is his best friend. So, the first sign of Laurent Gbagbo going back in Cote d'Ivoire, and after that, see what can be done in political level.
0: But if uh, Laurent Gbagbo uh, goes back home now, will he not be arrested? Because remember that uh, he was sentenced before by the justice in Ivory Coast.
4: We have to understand the case under two points of view or two angles. Okay, The first one is legally. Legally, according to uh, our uh, criminal law in Africa, if you have been sentenced or condemned in absentia, the condemnation of absentia, absentia, in absentia is not a definitive sentence. Once you put your feet in the country and the judiciary people are aware that you are here, you are there, automatically, automatically, the sentence made in absentia is it, 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 uh, removed it cancelled, it's removed. so as soon as lusonan miran put his feet in Court and all the judiciary authority know that he's there they cannot arrest him based on the sentence mm-hmm. then if they want to arrest they have to start a new procedure because the fact that he arrived in court is and he showed himself to the judiciary authority so i'm in mean, agriculture automatically i'm telling you it is a provision of our criminal law he is recently removed. This is legally. And it's politically, Martin, I don't, I don't know, I cannot imagine one instant and one moment that the government will try to arrest him. I am telling you why. Our country has been struggling for a for more than 10 years. We want to achieve reconciliation. And everybody knows that one Dabu is a key person who can bring this to the conclusion. So we cannot imagine our country showing another figure or another figure of ourselves, our country, like a lack of a maturity.
1: And that was uh, Kone Katinan, former budget minister in Ivory Coast and spokesperson for former Ivorian president Laurent Gagbo, and he was on the line to Pamela Komba. The COVID-19 pandemic has consumed much of our attention and has profoundly altered our lives, the economy and its many sectors, including the creative economy and the way people are engaging with art and artists. The questions are, how enduring are these changes going to be for artists? And what is likely long-term impact? Uh, What is that going to be uh, on how art is appreciated and engaged with also? Christopher Till, the director at the Jevet Art Center at the University of Pretoria, joins us on the line to share his views regarding the COVID-19 impact on art, artists, and the art world. Mr. Till, thank you very much for joining us.
10: Uh, It's a pleasure.
1: So you say that the pandemic is set to change the status of art as a uh, rarefied realm. Uh, could you explain this to us? How so?
10: Well, you know, uh, the world of art has moved uh, in in uh, the century into a space where it's sometimes seen as being in a very rarefied, very moneyed, uh, very uh, expensive place, if I can put it that way. Um, and I think that the change that is coming with the pandemic and uh, a post-covert um, uh, 19 world, the art world is going to find itself, I think, in exactly the same way. I think people have been looking during the lockdown at artists in different ways. Artists themselves have been very creative in coming up with ways of pr- promoting themselves. And I think uh, the art auction houses themselves have been very creative in how they can engage with a wider public and introduce them to art and artists in a a way which has forced people uh, to not only go to art museums and galleries, which of course they can't at the moment, but to go online and become more educated, if I can put it that way, in listening to artists, dealers, uh, commentators and so on.
1: And do you think that the art community and the art sector will bounce back when the threat of COVID-19 eases? I definitely do. I mean, you can see
10: how uh, innovative ways have been put, put out there where people have been asked to support theatres. Uh, they've been asked to uh, go online and buy works of art uh, where um, uh, some of the proceeds go back to the artists. But you know, artists are incredibly creative, of course. I mean, that's why they're artists. Um, but they're also creative in, in, in looking for ways at surviving uh, um, hardship and difficulty. And I think uh, artists are doing that already and will definitely come through this very much stronger, I would imagine.
1: And COVID-19 has put an enormous strain on artists. What can people do in order to help ease the strain?
10: Well, you know, as I've said uh, a minute ago, uh, the, uh, the auction houses and commercial galleries have put artists' work out there um, online. And it's it's uh, very easy for people to go online on, on, on and see a, a, a huge range of artists. And I think by supporting artists and buying works of art at this time, and it doesn't have to be uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, for relatively inexpensive works as well. And I think it's time that people took the opportunity of getting involved in art going online and uh, supporting artists by buying artists'
1: work. Now, artists have for centuries interpreted and reflected humanity's darkest phases and stories. Tell us about some of the works presently on exhibition at the Javit UP uh, that, uh, you know, help us understand our troubled continent and uh, national history, as well as those that celebrate our positive stories, triumphs, as well as optimism.
10: Well, we have an exhibition at the moment at the Javit. Again, unfortunately, it's closed to the public, but it's also online. But uh, the 101 works that were collected from institutions and collections around the country, and amongst those are some very powerful works where artists have reflected on the social and political condition. Um, uh, one thinks uh, of works, uh, for example, Sam and uh, the Death of Steve Biko, I mean, an incredibly strong and powerful story, tragic story of our continent, and the artists reflect that. There's another piece by Michael Goldberg who looks at the life of migrant work- workers. So artists uh, reflect on the social time of the political time, and even right now, uh, COVID-19, you'll see people having produced works uh, responding to uh, the reaction that people have against COVID-19. So these these can be viewed online uh, on the Javit UP uh, website, and and one can go through the list of works and see them and, and, and get some sense of how artists do respond.
1: All right, Christopher, thank you very much for joining us. It's a great pleasure. And that was Christopher Till, the director for Javid Art Center at the University of Pretoria, joining us on the line. It's now 17.30 Central African time. Here's Onelensensie with your latest news headlines.
2: SABC News. Independent and impartial. From
7: an African perspective. perspective.
3: U.S. pharmaceutical company has begun dosing the first set of patients in a trial to test its potential treatment for COVID-19. The Educators' Union of South Africa says Basic Education Minister Njimutseha must vacate her position as she has given up in the fight to ensure learners' safety amidst the coronavirus pandemic. And the Democratic Republic of Congo has declared a new Ebola epidemic. Channel African News, I'm Onilin <laughs>
2: SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African perspective. perspective.
1: Cameroon military says three of the five people arrested recently by Togolese police in the West African nation and shown by Togo local media as notorious criminals who committed severe offences on Togolese citizens are Cameroonian soldiers while the two others are former convicts. The three military men stole weapons from the military headquarters in Yaounde and went to the Togolese capital Lome, where they were using the weapons to harass Togolese, according to Togolese police. Moki Kinzega reports from Yaounde.
11: Cameroon military spokesperson Natongfak Guillermo says investigations carried out by the Central African State's Military indicate that Ntanga Clement Didemogo umaru abdul fadil and a Elise elisa hubert who were arrested in the togolese capital lomi for robbery and harassment of civilians are notorious dangerous and dishonest members of the cameroon military en... he says cameroon has started disciplinary and administrative procedures against the men as provided for by military ethics and that Togo should punish them, as the law provides. He says Cameroon's Ministry of Defense declines its responsibility for their crimes and atrocities because the men in question have broken off links with Cameroon's military.
5: Guillermo
11: said two of the five other men arrested in Lomi as civilians who also have criminal police records and had been declared wanted. He said the group of five arrested in Togo benefited from the assistance of a Simbi Francis, another military officer who has been arrested for his role in several other crimes and detained in Yaoundé, the capital of Cameroon. Last May 20, Togo local media reported that the five Cameroonians were arrested on May 20, in the Togolese capital Lome after they used weapons to rob a Togolese businessman of his car and money. Cameroon local media relayed the information in which Yendobe Dutti, head of the Lome Research and Criminal Investigations Unit of the Togolese police, said the five men confessed they were using weapons they got from the Cameroon defense headquarters in Yaoundé. Le cerveau de la band. He says investigations carried out by Togo police indicate that the brain behind the group of robbers is Ntanga Clement Didier Mogu, alias Tony, a member of the Cameroon military. He says Tony convinced his colleagues Umaru Abu Fadir, who is in charge of weapons at Cameroon's defence headquarters in Yaoundi to steal automatic pistols and leave with him for Togo, where they could make a better living by stealing and selling vehicles. Deserte l'armée avec son complice Eundjo Eliserge, également sergeant de force armées camerounaises. Ntanga Clement Didier Mogo, speaking on Togolese state TV, Television Togolese, said he and his group traveled to Lomi to buy cars for a senior military official. He refused to name, but that they were tempted to steal when their stay was extended by travel restrictions to stop the spread of COVID-19. Je suis venu au Togo. J'ai rencontré plusieurs responsables pour acheter des voitures. Le coronavirus nous a bloqué sur place. He says while leaving Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé to buy cars from the Togolese capital, Lomi, he never had plans to steal, but that he asked his colleagues, who control weapons at the defense headquarters in Yaoundé, to accompany him with pistols for security reasons, should there be any attacks from highway robbers. He says after they arrived Lomé, Lomi, both Cameroon and Togo sealed their borders to stop the spread of the coronavirus, and they could not return. Mogo acknowledged that Togo police arrested them after they stole money and a car from a rich Togolese businessman and were trying to escape. He said it was the only act of robbery they committed. Cameroon military says whenever they shall return home, after facing justice in Togo, they will also answer charges for the crimes committed in Cameroon and for soiling the Central African state's image in a foreign country, and that for now they are no longer members of the Cameroon military. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzuka in Yaounde, Cameroon.
0: When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile.
9: Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa, every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel
2: Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
1: South African-born Elon Musk's rocket company SpaceX has made history on Saturday when its crew Dragon Caps... Uh, when its crew Dragon A capsule safely reached space, carrying two NASA astronauts. It was the first time a private company put a human into orbit. The docking occurred just 19 hours after a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket blasted off Saturday afternoon from Kennedy Space Center in the United States. Uh, This is the United States' first astronaut launch to orbit from home soil in nearly a decade. For more on what the SpaceX launch means to the space industry, Channel Africa spoke to Tian Stradom, Space Operations Business Development Manager at the South African National Space Agency, and he says the launch was a monumental achievement.
12: Quite significant um, in the past um, launches and especially human flight was only done by big government organizations like like the NASA the Russians the Kness and so forth and I think what what, what makes this mission so significant is that um, it's being done by a private commercial company and that's that's one of the main reasons or drivers for, for, for a government pushing space and science and technology in a country because that normally means that you you, you you try to establish industry. And that's exactly exactly what Elon Musk has done. You know, he, he proved that um, currently there's an there's a industry and he can do it on a commercial
6: level. It is a monumental achievement, as you say, but I suppose it also means that uh, the beginning of a new era for the commercial space industry, one in which private companies and individuals buying tickets for passenger trips to space is a consistent, reality spacex wants to start sending up paying tourists on orbital flights starting as early as next year aboard crew dragon do you think next year is a reasonable time to start sending up tourists on orbital flights
12: i think so i really think it's it's, it's very realistic um you know um if you look at the dragon capsule um spacex has flown this dragon capsule i think it's around about 2012 they've done flights test flights and also flights docking to the International Space Station but that was only with cargo on board this has now proven that that they can actually fly human beings to the International Space Station and then also, as you mentioned, for space tourism, the, the main idea is to take them up and bring them down, not to basically dock to the International Space Station. Where docking to the International Space Station is actually the, the, the most riskiest part of, of the mission. So I think it's a, it, it, it's a big reality to, to take uh, humans up, do a, uh, an hour to two hour flight up um, um into orbit um anti-gravity and then bring them back safely
6: what does this mean for the African space industry
12: I think first of all um you know for us as South Africa being part of of, of this it's, it's it's already great to be part of of these big kind of missions but I think for for, for Africa first of all you know um I think over 11 uh, million people watch the launch on on, on on Saturday sure and um it's great for for our children you know to to promote science and technology to create that that enthusiasm again with our youngsters um just to to to, to study math math and science you know so we can get more people into the space uh, uh, environment
6: absolutely now the docking occurred just 19 hours after a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket blasted off Saturday afternoon from Kennedy Space Center one wonders do astronauts ever get some time to sleep uh, Tian, while in missions as big as this? Um,
12: yes, it's a very interesting question. They are
6: actually forced
12: to sleep um, after the launch. You can just imagine how exciting and how high their heart rate must be. You know, so. It's quite exciting time sitting on all that fuel, uh, one of the biggest uh, human bombs that you can think of. But um, then they're forced to sleep um, so they can be fresh to do a perfect docking on the International Space Station. So it's, it's actually funny um, about Four hours after liftoff, they need to go to sleep. They need to force themselves to, to, to go to sleep. I don't know how you do that so, with an awesome view of the earth. But anyway, they were forced to sleep. And then about uh, four hours before actual docking, um, they are being woken up from the ground just to start checks and start preparing for the, for the docking maneuver. But they're actually forced to sleep for, for, for a certain certain period of time
6: and when can we expect them back on earth and just as a matter of interest what do they actually eat whilst in space what they eat is it's quite interesting um
12: it, it's very similar to our meals um but um everything's liquefied so they they don't have you know the typical hard elements of, of food um, it's more like gels and paste that they eat, um, a lot of people think it's tablets, no, they don't eat tablets, um they actually have as like um if I can call it like like a yogurt type food sure. that with all the proteins and everything inside um and that's basically just to get get uh, get away or make it easy for them to swallow, put something in the mouth and swallow, you know they don't have knives and fork, everything will will float off a plate in space you know so just to have these jobs
6: just finally tian what does this leave the russia space agency because nasa has had to rely on roscosmos russia space agency for quite some time as trump put it the launch on saturday marked the end of being at the mercy of foreign nations what of russia space agency after this launch i
12: think um you know what was great about the Russian Space Agency is they provided the, the human space flight as well as cargo. Um, so basically, we only had a one-way ticket um, up to the International Space Station and that you can only got from 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 the Russians. Now that the Americans have a vehicle, again, that they conduct to the International Space Station, it just makes it so much easier access to space. So it means that they, we can take more astronauts up from the U.S. and from Russia, and then also cargo from um, Russia as well as the U.S. Now, because there's going to be more space flights uh, human space flight now from the americans it means that the russians can do more experiments you know one of the main, major major purposes of the International Space Station is do, to do um, anti-gravity experiments um, in space. And um, the more flights that's available, the quicker they can do science and experiments on the International Space Station. So it means that, you know, there's going to be a, a quicker return of, of, of astronauts, um, a, a higher volume of, of science and technology that can be performed on the International Space Station.
1: And that's Tian Stradom from the South African National Space Agency talking to Kumbelo Mujalele.
6: Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve
4: is a healthy and vibrant economy, which can ensure full employment
6: to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black
11: Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NetLec to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussion have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth
8: of our country. They don't have jobs.
6: Oh. I've tried looking for a job for, it's a year and a half now. The challenges were periods and the, the level of education which I have.
9: Channel Africa.
1: 1745 Central African Time. Here's Nosezia Zuma with your latest economics news.
13: Thank you, Samora. Good evening. Gyms in South Africa will remain closed across the country as level three of the coronavirus lockdown get underway. Exercise is now permitted between six in the morning to six in the evening. Those exercising will have to wear masks and may not exercise in groups. The gym sector is now calling for the lockdown restrictions to be eased quickly, Amina Akram reports.
2: Yes, I can confirm that the government has received the draft Q plan from the business IRS practitioners. It will now uh, discuss the plan and see what input uh, to make in the broader Q uh, plan and uh, conversations run by the uh, BRPs. I must say the government has not uh, taken any decisions at this stage on uh, funding and uh, funding models and uh, issues uh, of uh, that nature. But the commitment is very firm and that the government wants a restructured, viable and dynamic new entity to be created out of the RSU process.
13: Facebook staff have spoken out against the tech giant's decision not to remove or flag a controversial post by U.S. President Donald Trump last week. Trump took to Facebook to repeat a tweet about the widespread protest in Minneapolis following the death of George Floyd in police custody. Twitter had placed a warning over the continent which it says glorified violence, but Facebook says it did not violate its company policy. Facebook's CEO Mark Zuckerberg issued a statement on the platform he says people can agree or disagree on where they should draw the line but hopes they understand that the company overall philosophy stating that it is better to have the, this discussion out in the open especially when the stakes are so high gyms in South Africa will remain closed across uh, the country as level three of the coronavirus lockdown gets underway exercise is now permitted between six in the morning to six in the evening those exercising will have to wear masks and may not exercise in groups the gym sector is now calling for the lockdown restrictions to be eased quickly amina akram reports
0: while many sectors of the economy begin to open up at level three and cash in the fitness industry continues to remain closed many in the sector say they are battling to put food on the table.
9: I have now lost employment with um, the private gym that I was working for, mainly due to the fact that my majority of my income was through commission.
3: Especially us,
7: being able to pay our own um, bills, personal bills, need to stem from the business and that hasn't been possible.
6: I'm a boxing personal trainer. has really affected us a
9: lot. And as a breadwinner in my family... It's been hard to maintain that and sustain a living.
13: Thousands of shoppers have queued for hours to get into I- IKEA stores after the furniture giant reopened 19 shops in England and Northern Ireland on Monday. They had been warned that only a limited number of shoppers would be welcomed, with only one adult and one child from a household allowed in. But IKEA was forced to shut car parks at some stores to help ease pressure. In Warrington, people arrived at 5 40 a.m. to start queuing for the IKEA store to reopen at 9 a.m. The company praised shoppers for the for their patience. Authorities in South Africa say the price of both grades of petrol will increase by one rand eighteen cents per liter from midnight on Tuesday. Diesel will increase by twenty two cents and illuminating paraffin by forty cents a liter. The Central Energy Fund says the average international prices for petrol, diesel, and illuminating paraffin. Paraffin increased during the period under review. The Rand also appreciated against the US dollar, capping part of the increase. For your financial uh, indicators, the US dollar is trading at 384.17 Nigerian Nara, 11.84 Botswana Pula, 105.92 Kenyan Shilling, and at 18.29 Zambian Guacha. And in BRICS currencies, one US dollar is trading at 533 Brazilian Rule, 70.13 Russian ruble, 74.90 Indian Rupee, 713 Chinese Yuan, and at 17.52 South African rands. The US dollar is also trading at 80 pence to the British Pound and at 90 cents to the Euro. Looking at commodities, gold is trading at $1,731 and platinum at $832 per ounce. And the price of brand crude oil is $34.83 a barrel. For Channel Africa News, I'm Nusike Zuma.
0: This is Africa Digest.
1: And that wraps up this hour of africa digest be sure to join us again from 1900 hours central african time for more news from an african perspective but should you want to get in contact with us all you need to do is send us an email to info at channel send us a whatsapp message to plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven and you can also tweet us on at channel africa one right now though taking us to the top of the hour is uh abba by lira we'll see you later
7: When all leaders have only.